emsradio.com. EMS information for the next generation. The EMS Garage is a production of emsradio.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search EMS Garage. You can find us on Twitter at EMS Garage. Email us, emsgarage at gmail.com. Or call us, 303-720-6001. The EMS You know, I realized it, I I put up the nurse thing and I haven't read it yet. I'm stupid. Hang yeah. On. Give me, give me. Um, it's not the sword article either. You know, what? we'll start with the we'll start with the Facebook one because I know that'll go a while. And while that's going on, I'll read the other one. <laughs> Actually, it probably won't. Basically, it's just the future of intubation and yeah, yeah, skills great. retention and all the different issues people with that with having good stats on their tubes and where that's going to go from here. Everything Pretty we've much. already talked about in the past. Yeah. And. And you want an OB nurse to comment on this shit, by the way? Oh, you're an OB nurse. Oh, hang up now. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Good night. Good night, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Do you even know what intubation is? Oh, Shut my up. God. This is a long article. <laughs> what was I thinking? Speculum, endotracheal tube. Kind of the same the thing. Laryngoscope. They're all the same thing. Oh, my God. Seriously? You can, I'm just saying, you can probably get Greg Laryngoscopy using a speculum. Oh, great oh. point. Speculums. Oh. I'm so glad I'm recording. There's going to be a retrograde intubation if you start from that end. <laughs> <laughs> That's retrograde, seriously. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is getting X-rated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the garage. <laughs> this is what gets cut. Well, maybe. I'm recording, what, so, you know. This is, this is what ends up at the end of the of the closing theme we have there's there's like every once in a while there's a hidden gem at the end you never know when it's gonna pop up yeah i never listened that far so uh, oh really <laughs> yeah, as soon as as soon as soon as you start saying as soon as you start saying okay we're gonna wrap up i go on to the next one uh see sometimes yeah, you to about 15 minutes sometimes you yeah. miss the, the the best part of the show when you do that you know that right yeah well i know everybody now so i'm not really missing anything yeah, that's like it, that's like leaving the movie theater just as the lights come on before the credits roll. That's right. Well, Did you do that for the, Captain America, Russell? No, I didn't. Yes, there's a little exactly in there because I knew there would be one at the end. There's always one at the end of a Marvel movie. Yep. Well, this is true. So, well, I heard the goal of, isn't the goal of the Marvel movies actually to link them all together somehow in the end? They yeah, are. That, yeah, they're, yeah, they're next, totally linked. Next and summer, Joss Whedon is doing the coordination of them so it should be very good that's really cool well welcome to the ems garage we're actually talking about movies tonight no i'm teasing <laughs> uh, the right. ems movie garage oh yeah the ems how about the movie garage that no, there's a podcast for you
It's movie night on the garage. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, What's we I did that the politics podcast that you were talking about. Uh, um, a funny thing when you try to do a politics podcast with people that are really busy in the middle of a budget crisis, yeah, it doesn't go off so well. So I, I need to plan that the a way bit. the market's been going this week, there should be a lot of really good stuff to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I just yep. launched another one, and I'm try- I still haven't even built the website for it. So, there's that's where my weekend is. This weekend is building the new website for Paradox. Theparadoxshow.com. P-A-R-O-D-O-C. It is, and it is a paradox. And it's funny. Um, we actually did one show just talking about doctors and movies. It was hilarious. So, can't wait to get those posted. Be good. Problem is, there aren't enough paramedic movies. Well, not not enough good paramedic movies. Yeah, well, we need to make some. We take what we can get. True, very true. And it's really annoying. Dead, broken vessels are both very good. Then you've got uh, Mother Jugs and Speed. Oh, the and, standard. Uh, what 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 was the one with Sylvester Stallone? Uh, the break? Was, yeah, he was <laughs> an ex medic. What was oh. the one with Nicolas Cage where he bringing was out a, the dead? Bringing out yeah. the dead. Yeah, sucky movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. I think was I, funny. That ever was such it? a good movie. That was like the best movie. Which one? Nah, Broken Vessels is better. Okay, so there was a movie in the 80s, and it was these two param- It was called Paramedics. Do you remember this movie? Yeah, yes. where the final yes. exam was they had to realize that they had to give the bag to a patient to breathe into for hyperventilation. Yeah. And then they had the little thing on the top, like a bus that said heaven, hell, and, you know, kind of stuff like that, where depending on where your posting location was, it would, it would actually rotate through. You don't have that through. in Colorado? <laughs> it's heaven here, baby, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I told you, I told you that uh, most of my crews li- work in the country club of EMS, so, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyway. Well, you know, so we you are- watch Caddy Jack. <sighs> that's a great, oh, that's a great movie. Hey, uh, I was caddying when that movie came out, and the main character's name is Noonan. No way. Is it based on you oh. somehow? No, it isn't supposed to be based on me. Oh. <laughs> a little did you know. Interesting. Is that, an, is that a rare Tim Noonan sighting in that movie? Hmm. No, I wasn't in the movie, and I don't know if... Anybody uh, had any thoughts about me making that movie? Because none of the stars of it ever played golf at the country club where I work. So, yeah, nothing to suggest that they were thinking of me. Well, I think that the whole 80s smiley face theme was based on you. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't start until the last few years. Uh, well, if you've made it through all of our banter, because a lot of this is just going to appear in the show, um, I'm Chris Monterey, your host. I'm joined tonight by Mr. Tim Noonan, who you've just heard talking. Miss Sam Bradley, how are you? I am great. Right on. And I'm not talking about the weather tonight, because apparently Scott thinks I talk about it too often. Uh, also joining <laughs> us tonight is Mr. David Koenig. Good evening. Good evening. It's a very, uh, speaking of movies, that's a very um, Alfred Hitchcock sound. It is, it is. Well, you know, I've got my blackjack thumb, I've got my cherry Fanta Slurpee, and I've got that feeling that there's something rank going down on Facebook. 
<laughs> I love it, man. You're so awesome. Also joining me tonight is the very recently chemotherapy-free Russell Stein. Hello, sir. Hello. Yeah. How are you feeling after all that? Uh, today I feel awesome. That's great. Yeah. Because I know because I know I don't have to go in next week. All right. Huh? Well, well, I do have to go in next week, but it's to work. So. Gotcha. That's good. Going. I'm going back to work on Monday. So. Yeah, I dropped all my uniforms off at the station, and my shift's working today. So. I stayed up there for about an hour and a half and getting caught up on everything. So. Cool. They've been really supportive, haven't they? They have been. Matter of fact, there was somebody working for me today. So. Oh. That's really yep. cool. Yeah, so I go back on Monday. I dropped all my uniforms and stuff off my locker, so I was surprised to actually remember my combination. So <laughs> That's a good thing for sure. It's been, it's been three months since I've been in my locker, so. That's, yeah. that's, that's like kind of getting back on the horse there. That's interesting. Ew. What does it smell yeah. like? Well, you, you, you know, just depending like on what he left out. in there. Well, it's, ooh, yeah, I hope you didn't leave like a well, peanut butter I, sandwich well, or something. I emptied it out before I left, so bad baloney. Yeah, that would be in the refrigerator. Yeah, they clean they clean the fridge and everything out really well, so that's good. None of that stuff is in there anymore. Right on. Also joining us tonight, Mister William Miranda Ward. Hello, sir. Oh, hi. How are you all doing? Good. Are you on shift tonight? So we may lose you. Correct. Yes, I am currently working. All right. Well, plug Surprise your podcasting. Plug plug your Twitter name, just so we oh, don't. Well, of course, then yes. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at wm random ward, and it's random, just like word, random occurrence. And yes, I've heard all the jokes pertaining to it. Well, that's really random. Okay, and finally, <laughs> sorry, I love it. Uh, <laughs> and last, but probably least is our token nurse for the podcast because we're going to be talking about nursing on an, on the EMS garage. I know odd, uh, miss Ann Robinson. Hello. Hello. How are my boys tonight? And Sam, of course. Love you, Sam. Love you too. Woo! That's awesome. The girls wow. have to stick together, you know, you know it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nursing's beyond the ED as pre-hospital men, but, or, paramedics but you know it should be a fun night i'm excited to be here and thanks for having me but i wish we had more nurses on the show well, we someday. shall make that happens someday someday we'll make that happen and i think it's very important for people to understand that you are the executive producer behind the podcast studio and promed network and you kind of you kind of make everything work behind the scenes just people just don't know that well Maybe it's like herding cats. So you know, I like this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of um, things that are herding cats and whatnot, I wanted to talk to Russell about a couple things tonight. One, I thought it was very interesting and touching how you did your kind of talked about your cancer on Facebook and really just kind of kept everybody up to date and really humanized it. Did you feel that you were kind of open there or did you feel like you were just kind of sending it out to friends and, and it was kind of okay to let everybody know? Um, I, people are going to find out eventually. Right. I just would rather choose the method in which they learn about it. Good point. So, yeah. Well, finding out how people learn about it 
is our top story today. Tennessee responders suspended for Facebook picture. And apparently a Memphis, a couple of, a couple of your boys, yo, from Memphis, uh, firefighter, well, uh, paramedic. They're all, firefighter. On B, they're all on B shifts. Oh, well, you know, those B shifters. Jeez, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I was on B shift forever. Thank you very much. Um, so, <laughs> so that's what's wrong with you. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that, that is a little bit of brain damage. Um, apparently a, a on photo. Nice. I used to be on on she shift on my and I was the only male with all the females, so it was awesome. <laughs> so they called it the she shift. It's cool, and that's definitely what's wrong with me. How all many right. females did you have? Uh, that's we unusual. Had, I we had um, how many in your harem? Well, that's a different question. Um, on this particular shift, we had five or six females. Wow. And me, yeah. On Z shift, D shift. Okay, so we're, we're we're quickly digressing. Anyway, two a paramedic and a firefighter, Memphis. They take a picture of a kid with a nail in his head, and the mother finds out about it after it gets posted on Facebook, and the local news picks it up and calls the mother and says, "Hey, did you know that your son's head slash nail in his head is on Facebook? React, talk. Is that good or bad? I mean, obviously it's bad. We've talked about this before, but well, eh." Actually, it, the story went down a little bit more differently than that. I'm just reading what it says. They uh, what they, what actually happened was that somebody on the department saw it. Oh, and it got turned in, and uh, it went through the whole. It's actually already been through. This happened in like May. I mean, this was like beginning of the year type stuff. So this is kind of, this is kind of an old story. They uh, they. Uh, so it went through the the disciplinary process and the hearing and all that other stuff, and uh, they were given four hours, which is the four hours, uh, un, you know, unpaid suspension. And uh, when it, it finally got to the news, is when they uh, when they went when it went before the civil service board during their appeal. Is that four uh, hours in okay. a row, or did they break <laughs> it up to take it easy on them? It is. It's four hours in a row, and and the reason. Oh, and, that's and, rough. Yeah, it's. Yeah, <laughs> You're exactly. kidding me. I oh, well, the that's actually a standard for for taking scene pictures when you're not authorized. That was. The Did issue. they have to go through stress debriefing after the four hour <laughs> suspension? I don't even. Uh, uh, honestly, uh, it's not actually servable until after the civil service appeal. Are you uh, kidding me? The suspense. Oh. The, yeah. How are they going to survive? Oh you're going to cover gosh. the ship, aren't you? Tim, you're such a skeptic. No. What, well, when I saw this, I, I had the same exact reaction. I'm like, they got four hours of suspension. I'm like, I would have... It would have been bad. It would not have been four hours. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. I, I had to reread that a couple of times to make sure it didn't take days or weeks. Yeah, I thought it was minutes at first. <laughs> there are companies that would that would be a firing offense. Yes, that's what I well I was gonna go there, but yes. yeah. It's true. Long well, one. I worked for one. I I, uh, have you guys, I think we all to a large degree still still work for an employer at some time or another who would turn around and terminate for the same thing. When I first read the uh the story I actually emailed Russell because I didn't understand the four hours either. 
But the way that he explained it, at least to me in email, and Russell, correct me if I'm wrong, is that, you know, this is what the standard was for the actual infraction of the policy. They actually have a policy, and if you turn around and violate it, that's what the standard punishment is. And the policy that they violated was taking the picture on the scene, right? It wasn't about posting it to Facebook. Which, so, so that means that the policy hasn't kept up with technology. Which is really what that means. I mean, they don't. So what well, you're saying is they don't have a policy. Shocked. Well, there. Well, that's true. Laws obviously don't do that either. But man, come EMS on! Not keeping up with technology. EMS not keeping up with research. EMS management not keeping up with common sense. This would never happen. Isn't the skeptic? Well, well the fact, the fact that it's not keeping up with technology is one thing, but the fact that they had the policy to begin with and that they had a. Uh, you know, a a sentence, so to speak, or a disciplinary, uh, you know, accountability to begin with still speaks volumes for those agencies out there that don't have these things, these basics in place to begin with. And there are plenty well, of agencies can, out there that, that don't have that. And I can, I can kind of play devil's advocate there because I understand where plenty of jurisdictions might have people that come and take photos of, say, fires or car wrecks or whatever. And there's a lot of very strict HIPAA requirements that are going to be that are going to be pertaining to all of that. So I can see a, a policy being in place. Um, the fact that the fact that you know one of the quotes here, uh, the PIO from Memphis saying, "In my 22-year career, I cannot remember this ever happening," seems to indicate maybe policy had clearly not been updated in some time. Or Alzheimer's. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's my question. He did it for educational purposes, and, and being an educator, that's Please. something I would agree with. Okay. But he's edu- educating the entire Internet. He couldn't have used it within the department, maybe? I don't no, know. No, he's only educating people on Facebook. Oh, yeah. okay. Wonder, that makes sense. I, I wonder if he tagged the nail on the Facebook photo. That would have been funny. <laughs> well, which, what's, what's interesting about the photo, and um, I, I forget the gentleman's name, uh, but because I had actually posted about this on, on my blog and, you know, he said, well, you know, there's so many laws and, you know, educational purposes, these type of opportunities are, you know, rare. It's like I can understand all that. But if I'm going to take a photo for educational purposes, I would think I would want a clear, decent photo. And I, I think that the, the photo that the news report showed was definitely not clear. And I definitely wouldn't use it in any type of training. Um so yeah, I think the whole idea of using the photo for educational purposes, while maybe in the back of his mind, the uh, lieutenant who took the photo, may, maybe he said, oh, well, maybe we can use this for training. Um, I don't think that would ever actually end up in uh, anyone's training uh, material. If they hadn't I mean, described just, what just was in the, the picture. Well, it's, it's, it's it's just a, if you watch the the news clip, they they actually show the picture. The news actually shows the picture, and it's a it's a very fuzzy cell phone. It's obviously taken by a cell phone, and uh, the the patient has his head wrapped in white gauze. Um, it, it's it is relatively hard to uh, identify the patient from the facial features. Um, but the setting of the photo kind of calls into question. Well, was this even a photo that you would? You know that would be legal to take to begin with, um, because it, it it doesn't look like it was in public view. Um, 
So that calls that into question. But what I thought was very interesting is that, and I think we all agree that this is something that we've talked about before. We've talked about it on the podcast, and I know that there have been articles written about it, and you know, the people have spoken about it that you know, these are the type of things not to do. And then on the on the extreme other side of things, right? Just this week, um, this photo on it, I just tossed it in the chat. This uh, video came out, and this is a video that's a couple weeks old as well, where an EMT turned around and struck a uh, local news reporter while they were filming a, a scene and claimed, "Oh, you know, you're violating privacy, and you can't take pictures of me without my consent." And you know, she's in public view. Here she is on the scene of, of a public scene acting as a public official, uh, you know, directing traffic or securing the scene or setting up a perimeter or whatever it is that, that she was doing. And here she is assaulting a, a, someone from the media. So what you have is like two drastic extremes. You have on one side, yeah, let's take photos and let's put them up on the Internet. And on the other side, no, there will be no photography and, you know, photography is evil and it captures my soul and therefore I, I can't be seen. And, you know, why is there such a huge disparity in the way that people react when it comes to cameras? And this is something which, which like I was asking myself, like, why do people act this way? Is it because the agencies all have different rules or is it because just we as providers or the, the, uh, the ones who are, you know, providing the education, you know, the education that we're receiving doesn't cover any of this. So we as providers kind of go out and so therefore it becomes sort of quasi knowledge passed down. Whereas, you know, other people might have, you know, a policy such as in, Memphis, where there's a policy regarding taking pictures on the scene, um, you know, is sort of passed out. Well, nobody's allowed to take your photo because it's a violation of HIPAA. Meanwhile, you're the provider covered under HIPAA. The media is not a covered entity under HIPAA. So if it's in public view, yes, they can take photos. There's nothing illegal about that. So it's two opposites. But David, but there is clear case evidence for First Amendment rights for the media and and the press and our industry as a whole, fire, police, EMS, have always had kind of this unwritten rule, if you will, that we're we're gonna come out, we're gonna take photos of this, we're gonna we're gonna be a part of it, and we promise, wink wink, not to show the patient and to show anything that's inappropriate unless you know unless it's like the paramedic beating up the the patient like happened in in denver a while a few bunch of years back or so i I guess that's where i i kind of go okay one is a recognized media organization the other is a paramedic being stupid and posting stuff on the internet they shouldn't be that's the draw i mean there's a line where we're trained we are trained. You have people in EMT school, in paramedic school, in uh, emergency driving training telling you this is absolutely the rule. You have to do this. There must be no exception. If your lights are on, your siren has to be on. You may not respond to a call unless your siren's going even 3 a.m. when nobody's on the road. If somebody takes a picture, you must stop them. If somebody wants to take a look at what's going on with the patient, if somebody wants to take a sip of water before going to the hospital, you must stop them. And it's all nonsense. (laughs) This is stuff that is passed on by complete idiots who have been put in a position of authority of teaching the people who know even less. 
of teaching or the sometimes little, no more that teach the i i completely agree with you tim which is really odd for us um i i, I just <laughs> you'll get over it i know i know fever <laughs> will come down and it is a little warm so no, but uh, but it's true. I just twenty twelve, and oh, you're and you're a healthcare provider. You're also a mother. Where do you fall on this? I mean, where would you if if somebody took a picture of your poor dear son after he blew a nail through his head and stuck it up on Facebook? How would you feel about that? Yeah, I would not be a very happy mother nor healthcare provider, and I. I think in healthcare, we have the responsibility that we know those pictures are out there. We need to do what it takes to make sure the parents know about it. And the parents are going through enough. Like, nail to that. Yeah. You know, we need to help those parents prepare for it landing on the front page of the paper and giving them the heads up and giving them the information that they need. I mean, we have all of that in place in the hospital system, in EMS, and whatever agency we're working in to be able to get those signed releases, and we need to get that done ahead of time. And number one, I really think we're the advocate for the patient, and what can we do to further make our mark as being the patient advocate and doing what's best for the patient and the family? Oh my gosh, she's getting really nursy now. Okay, so when she said patient advocate, oh my we, gosh, we actually kind of, and this this, this a, kind of this this incident actually reminded me of something where the uh, the local at a local hospital of ours, a uh, few nurses created a Facebook page for a patient that is a frequent flyer into their emergency room, and uh, they would take pictures of him whenever he would come into the hospital and then post them on Facebook. Oh no page. way! No yeah. way! Oh yeah, that was that was emergency room nurses. Wait, wait, wait! Were they doing it? Were they were they doing it despairingly, or were they trying to just be like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" Or what, what was the what was the circumstances that surrounded it? Uh, they would just they just created a Facebook page for him. So yeah, they fan, like, a, like a like a fan page, yeah. And every time that oh, they did geez. that, they, but the problem that arose is that they were is that they were doing it while they were at work and they were uploading pictures while they were at work i was gonna say what's the patient's name let's look him up right now Do i don't it? i don't know i they since is he in I'm the hospital right now <laughs> let's see let's see let's see if he called 911 today hang on facebook Probably, frequent know, would, flyer but it's it not only that it's the employer what is the employer the hospital system doing i mean to support their employees this is not this is bad news. Bad news. Oh, apparently, frequent flyer in Facebook means a whole different thing. Okay. Well, uh, you, the problem is that <laughs> the employees need more support for doing this. Well, okay. So what I was what I was going to say before Mr. Russell Stein brought that up is that the hospital is more of a closed system as far as the press goes. Now you can't again you can't get by the people that are covertly doing things that are stupid. But in our industry, I guess we have to be more aware that when we're out, we're out in the open, and being in the open inherently can invite some attraction and and people want to take photos of it or whatever but if you're in a hospital it's really hard to walk through the front door with a camera crew and try and start filming in the er it's just not really going to happen plus okay they, what about filming in the ob unit when you're having your baby no i don't agree with that at all well but, I mean, there's but there, was a, there was a whole series about that there you are 
Well, there's a whole series of that. Wasn't it like TLC? Yeah, it's called uh, 16 and Pregnant. Right. But well, there was, there was also the whole point of getting the proper papers in place to do the right thing to protect the patient. It was right for the patient and the family. Exactly. I kind of agree with what Tim was alluding to early, earlier. I'm actually having a side chat with Chicago Medic. Um, is Unfortunately, you get one or two incidents like this, and everybody goes into that knee-jerk reaction. we got to lock it down. We have to have policies against it. Honestly, there could be some instances like taking a picture of a vehicle so you can go to the trauma surgeon and said, here's your mechanism of injury. Unfortunately, we can't depend on we can depend on common sense for 99 percent of the people out there. But for the ones that don't have it, they're the ones that are going to spoil it for everybody else. And no one else is ever going to be trusted to make good decisions on this. Well, so we put we put cameras in our ambulance. We said, you know what? If you want to take a picture of the scene, take it with our camera. And bring you it have back. a policy. That's a good it. idea. Right. right. But, then, but then, again, you I've take it in. i places where they do that. And I wrote on Dave's post uh, that there are reasons why we should be taking pictures on scene. And it may be that you only have your cell phone with you. You take a picture. You go to the hospital. You show it to the doctor. You download it to their computer, whatever. And then you go back to your office and whatever the policy says you do at that point maybe you have to copy uh the image to their computer maybe you have to cut it and transfer it uh destroy whatever copy is on your cell phone but you have a policy that says it's not always wrong to take a picture there are appropriate reasons to be using technology just because we got away with treating patients before there was technology doesn't mean that we don't have to deal with it now and that the way to deal with it is not just to say no to everything hmm. okay well i think we're beating a dead horse here but mm-hmm. I, but I but i think that it's very clear that no matter how much we talk about it people will still be stupid and and someday soon i'm sure that there will be a brand new thing you know because there's a brand new thing out there where people are gonna you know post the holographic image of the who knows what it is but you know even like right now on my cell phone i have something called social cam how long is it before somebody live streams of call that will probably yeah that we'll just wait and see how that happens set up a policy and you do it so that it is the same way we should do protocols you allow for people to do the right thing and you point out where the wrong thing is you educate people you teach people to make decisions for themselves and if people can't handle that there is remediation or termination you know, the exciting world of fast food procurement is out there waiting for people. Would you like fries with that? That could be replacing, you know, what medical problems do you have? And sadly, they'll probably make more money. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole different thing. We spend so much there. time protecting uh, the careers of EMS personnel when they could make more money and be less dangerous doing something else. And some should be. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately. I think if we cut the number of paramedics in half, it would be a good start. 
Hey, Sam, just so you know, you're breaking out kind of weird. So you may want to, if you're on a USB mic, sometimes that happens to us at about 30 minutes in for some strange reason. Yep, then there you go. You're still doing it. Um, So I'll give you a minute to do that while we talk about nurses defending paramedics and endotracheal innovation. Thank you, nurses. Eh, well, whatever. If you missed the pre-game chatter, you missed the part about how you could... uh, how the, how the OB nurse is going to come on here and defend the endotracheal innovation. But maybe it's a bigger question. Uh, anyway, so I read this article recently on gems.com and very recently by like while everybody was talking about the, um, the Facebook issue. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm giving away all my secrets. Secrets? Secrets. We're hunting that web. Sorry. Secrets now. Um, so I don't know. I read this article. The guy is interesting. Tony Garcia, if you're out, if you're out there listening, sorry, I'm going to talk about you a little bit. It feels a little like a high horse. It feels a little like I'm getting preached to in the thing. It's really long and it's kind of like, duh. Um, so maybe it's not really that interesting to talk about it. You know, yeah, it's great that they want to defend us and say that we need to do more endotracheal innovations in the classroom, things like that, finding solutions, to increase our proficiency. I don't know. I I guess it wasn't as fresh and awesome as I thought it was going to be where the nurse was like, yes, they should be intubating because they're awesome. So can I get started off? Okay. From there. Go ahead, nurse. So I think what's the biggest thing I took out of this was the nurses are spending time with the paramedics and they're seeing what they can and cannot do. And the more time anybody in healthcare spends time with paramedics and this untapped healthcare entity in our healthcare system that is their own little EMS, you know, little capsule here on the side, anytime that we can share the knowledge and expertise that's going in and going amongst EMS and paramedics within healthcare and people, as soon as people see it, experience it and are able to say, oh my gosh, they're amazing. They have training. They have expertise. We can work together. So it's more to me that I'm excited that they actually spent time with the paramedic and realized what they could do. And then they said, step back and they said, oh my gosh, we can work together in this way and that way. And what can we do? What's best for the patient? And just to piggyback on the last conversation, but it's really about understanding EMS paramedics and EMTs and really how they work with us and how they can integrate within healthcare. And, you know, I'll put my little spiel out there. I put it out there all the time, but, um, it, and this is my last minute of talking and then we can go from there, but, you know, you can be in healthcare for years and years on end, but, I mean, I was a nurse in the healthcare system, in hospitals and clinics and public health. And through all of that for over 14 years, not even understanding. And I'll tell you right here and now, I did not know the difference between a paramedic and an EMT. So until you spend time with the EMS system, can you really embrace what's going on? So what do we need to do as a healthcare entity to break beyond that capsule to get that knowledge and expertise out there and integrate it within healthcare? And so I commend this article because that tells me 
that that is happening, that we are integrating different healthcare professionals together and they are recognizing and respecting the knowledge the, the other brings to the table. So there is my um, big take on this. Well done. I think it sounded great. Um, the point that I'd like to bring up, um, and I think that actually ties really well into yours, and I really wish we'd had an opportunity to bring a, a nurse friend of mine on board here, but she, uh, all of us that have gone through paramedic school all had to go through you know, a certain number of hospital shifts and go through your clinics, your, your clinicals, and, and, and have to spend time in the ER and the OR and go through your OB rotations. And the thing that I always thought was interesting is that a lot of my nursing the friends I had that were nursing school didn't have to do that, except for one program uh, local to me. Um, they had to do each of them had to do one 12 hour ride along in the city fire department and had to learn how and had to at least experience how it was that EMS uh, fit into fit into the larger healthcare picture, not just EMS from the emergency department up, but EMS from the field. And she said that it was an invaluable lesson because she asked, she, she knew me as a paramedic and had no idea what paramedics could do or what our job really entailed. Um, she was still very much under the impression that our job was sort of go out, scoop them up, bring them to the hospital. And there was not really much in the field treatment, not really much in the field assessment. Um, and, and I've developed very good working relationships with the nurses in my local, my local EDs. And, you know, we, we get along great. They respect the work that I do. I of course respect the work that they do. Um, I have run into very few problems that the biggest problems I run into are at, uh, you know, at nursing facilities. I think that everybody has those problems. Um, all in all, I'd say that the, the nurse v paramedic, uh, issue is, is null and void, at least in, on my end. I would like to see more cross, uh, cross-profession training. I'd like to do much more in-hospital work, and I know that I've got lots of friends of mine that would like to do more field work. It's just difficult to get them out of the field uh, because they aren't, they, aren't, uh, they aren't EMS providers to the state. So that's sort of my, my viewpoint on it. I know I'd like to get back into the OR and just do more practice tubes just to do it. Well, and I think you make a huge point in training and the opportunities, and I would love to meet that nurse and talk to that nurse that had that aha moment. But, I mean, we have a decrease of clinical sites and trainings for nurses and paramedics and EMS all around. So what can we do to put together simulation labs and different learning opportunities that we're not only doing them just for nurses on one end or just for paramedics on the other, but what are we doing to integrate all that together? Cause we're going to ultimately work together. And I would have loved in my nursing training to have done ride alongs and spent some time with EMS. I mean, again, I'm telling you 14 years into this, aha there, Oh, there's EMS. That should not be the case. It should be there from the very beginning, and it should be integrated along the way. So you have to kind of look to the college system and saying, how are the college well, systems set up to integrate that from the I, very beginning? And I work for a college, and I love it. I really do love the program that I work for. However, I think that first and foremost, uh, 
egos need to be set aside because the problem that we have is that the the well actually sorry take it back now the, the our program works with we have a, a nursing program as well as a paramedic program on campus and we host uh every tuesday they host a sim lab or i'm sorry every monday they host a, a sim lab with a sim man set up that will talk to you and will present with signs and symptoms and can do everything and what they do is they the students come in the paramedic students come in and treat the patient as though he's in the field they'll put him in weird positions they'll put him out in the street they treat the sim man as though he is a patient in the field do a full assessment and treatment and then transport to the quote hospital where the nursing students will receive the patient they'll do handoffs they'll continue treatments they'll have an instructor in their act as the attending and we'll go through the entire scenario start to finish i think it's phenomenal um, I don't think there's enough of that out there, but that's only a recent development. We didn't have that kind of cooperation before. Um, I think that, that, and I think it's, it's, it's best typified by where I work currently. Uh, we have, I work for a retiring community, a private retiring community. I love it. It's a cool job. Uh, but EMS is actually under the direction of general services. We have a healthcare division, a, a health services division that actually includes all of our uh, our nursing and our physicians and the on-site, the on-campus uh, medical center with uh, its mobile radiology lab. That's all under health services. However, EMS is under general services with landscaping and security. Um, or road safety. Of course. Okay. Why treat us as if we're medical? Exactly. Well, that's the thing is that is that if we were under healthcare, we would be we would therefore lack our we lack we, we're sort of without a home right now. So, we're under healthcare, we'd be we'd be not uh, we wouldn't be as respected as we are now. But unfortunately, with being under general services, nobody likes us anyway because we're considered hoity-toity. So it's it's. We're still see it's it's a it's actually a really great example of how it is that EMS doesn't still doesn't have a home. Well, two things you guys are saying makes sense. One, knowledge is power, and a lot of the reasons there have been issues between nurses and medics is because they don't understand each other's job. And the second thing is egos need to be put aside, and you get that on both sides. Um, I know our local trauma center has tried to have tape reviews, which is what. You know, some of you in this audience probably remember is our main means of continuing education in the past. But we do so much of the, the training in-house for the firefighters, they just don't bother to go. And it's really unfortunate because that would be a good opportunity to sit down with the nurses and, and get to know them and, you know, to to share some experiences and, and specific calls. Well, and I... I really think that the more and more we can integrate together and, oh my goodness, that model at your school, it, whatever we can do. And we have, um, I have spent some time kind of giving some presentations about some really, in, you know, on the front line healthcare initiatives to tap into all these healthcare resources in our area. But we have one college where the EMS and the nursing are all in one department and you know what, they see this and they get that. And what can we do to tap into those resources? It's not only in school, but it's in healthcare. I mean, this is healthcare in general, whether you're being trained upon 
integrating together or you're integrating in the healthcare field. So what's the next step and what do we need to do as healthcare leaders in order to push that button and make that impact and get people to actually take a step back out of their normal routine and say, oh my goodness, this is an option. And really, what is the goal of all of us involved? It's to do what's best for the patient. We need to get people to understand that the patient didn't magically appear in front of them when EMS drops them off and doesn't magically disappear when they get transferred to the floor. The same thing for EMS. The patient doesn't just magically have symptoms when we arrive on scene. The family has been providing care for them or bystanders or somebody usually because somebody called 911. Uh, If we go to a nursing home, the nurses there and the aides have been providing care for the patient. And if we treat them as if they don't know what's going on, it's only because of our own idiocy. We are ignoring information that can help us provide care to the patient. We're doing it because we do not understand what we're doing. One of the things that I think helped when, and you make a good point, is that, you know, symptoms don't just present when you show up. Um, one of the good things that we made a point of trying to teach our students was that there is, while there is a hierarchy of, of patient care, that does not, that is not to include transfers of patient care. So the treatment the family is providing for that patient is important, as is the BLS level of care they're going to get by the first responding unit, as is the ALS level of care they're going to get by the next unit, as is the the very highly technical level of care they're going to get at the ER, as would be the continuing care they're going to get at the various floors they're going to be transferred to throughout their hospital stay. That's not, you're not, while you are still building upon other levels of care, no, no, no link in that chain is any less important than the other. And that is the best, that I think is the best way to bring everybody down to the same level so that we all recognize we're all healthcare providers, not you're not just a you're not just a, a, a cot junkie. You're not out slaying gomers. That's not your job. And the, and the floor nurse's job isn't wiping butts. Well, well that's where the what I do. Most of what I do is BLS. Most of what's done on the floors in in the emergency department is BLS, and we act as if that's not the case that BLS is somehow beneath us. Tim, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Well, I, oh, I, no, I actually don't beg to differ. I think that we're all talking about the, the ALS same. ALS is done when the nurse walks into the room to do something because it's time to do some ALS. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as the global scope of what we do. BLS, ALS, blah, blah, blah. It's a, we're, we're all really compassionate providers of care. And we do the medical stuff because it's part of Facebook. Yeah, unfortunately, but we are people that should be compassionate people and provide that type of care. That's what it's about. It has not ALS. It's, and it's not BLS. You can't can't train it. It's what I should say. And you can't train it. Unfortunately, you can train it through education. No, no, no. You can train compassion and 
holistic, looking at all aspects of care. And I'm going to throw out my nursing term and Chris will like sit there and like get all shriveled up, but already rolling my eyes. Okay. Biopsychosocial spiritual. You've got to treat the whole patient and look beyond the incident. Amen, girl. Yeah. You can treat every curiosity though. Just out of curiosity, how many hours does that training entail, and can that fit within the confines of the EMT curriculum? Uh, first, yeah, well, the EMT oh. curriculum is already too short. I'm doing. Amen. It, Amen. I, I think agree. It's important. Well, but you've you've just said a question. Um, that has no answer. You can't say how I'll many hours. No, 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 no. How how many hours does it take? That's the problem. It shouldn't be an hours question. It should be how can you get your degree? Oh God, we're talking about this again on the garage. How do you get your degree? And we're talking about be- formal education, not hours of training. Yeah, you know, we've kind of talked about this last week. We talk about it every week. But it's a matter of infusing what she's talking about is just the concepts of how you deal with people and how you deal with the whole person. And that isn't the chapter in the textbook. That is a philosophy that you integrate into everything you're talking about. And not to push the camera and slap the photographer. Oh, there's another story. (laughs) Well, it's the same idea. It's how you deal with people. And when we approach people with the attitude that we're better than them and we get to tell them what to do, we get to exercise our authority, that's when we run into problems. When we listen to the patient because the patient has the information we need to come up with the treatment or to decide if treatment is appropriate, then we start realizing what is important. It's about the patient. It's not about us. Getting rid of egos and attitudes and taking care of the patient. Uh, I think for the intubation article, what we need to do is require that every medic, every month, get at least one intubation on one of their fellow medics. And you must be intubated by at least one of your fellow medics every month. This will take care of the problem of not enough OR time. And we'll find out who actually can't do because pretty soon people will say, oh, no, no, Fred is not going to intubate me. Uh-uh, not happening. That guy cut up the last one he tried to intubate. You know, that's one way to get quality control. And if a healthy paramedic can't handle an intubation, then why should our patients who are already sick be expected to handle an intubation? Well, I certainly would not call our paramedics healthy. But that aside, there's a there's actually healthier a, than a the patients just south of me. Agreed, agreed. Um, there's a department south of me that uh, if the I don't remember their, their parameters here, but I believe it is that the paramedic does not get five intubations within the year. Uh, if they're not successfully intubate five times within the year, they're actually sent. Back, they have a, a contract with some of the local hospitals. And they go back to the OR and they do they do intubations until they get five for the year. Now I think no, five a year have is to be intubated a at least once a month. We should be intubated each paramedic in order to treat patients. You want to develop some compassion? If we understand what it's like to be a patient, we'll pay a lot more attention. You might not lube up your endotracheal tube now because you don't think about the skin sticking to it while it's in the trachea. After an intubation, you'll be much more aware of that. Uh, you're not so worried but about knocking out some... Can, 
Well, should we also then? I mean, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that that I would I would volunteer for that in a heartbeat, only because it'd be interesting for me. But then I also get to do it to somebody else. Um, exactly. But should we also then try cardioverting all of our other paramedics as well? I so think we know that it, like? it will get people to understand the value of sedation. Are you going to sedate <laughs> the patient, or are you going to cardiovert them without sedation? You know what? I'm, okay, I'm on board. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think kind of agree with Tim. to sedate people for the intubation unless they have a lack of a gag reflex. And I know there are medics out there who have no gag reflex and will let people intubate them. And Dr. Levitan will intubate himself on stage while he's uh, doing a presentation. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with Tim there. And, and you know, I, I do a lot of driver training uh, for my agencies. And whenever I get a, a new driver, uh, one of the things I do is I put them in the stretcher and drive around with them for five minutes so that they understand what it feels like to be the patient. And uh, the way that they drove before that experience and the way they drive after that experience, uh, it's usually a pretty big difference. So, yeah, and I'm all for, you know, getting intubated or, you know, getting cardioverted. And, you know, I'm really hoping to be the first American to get rhino chilled. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm all for experimenting on myself. That's a whole different topic, and unfortunately we don't have time for it. Uh, but I did put something up in the chat that I'm going to put out. Anne has been talking in the chat. In, in, see, unfortunately, you people, you people that are listening don't always get to see what we're doing behind the scenes a little bit. But Anne said, you've got to look at everything else that's going on in the home, treating the whole patient, everything we've talked about. I have posted in the, in the chat, and I've posted in the, um, on the website this week, something called the PEAT scale. It stands for Physical in- Environmental Assessment Tool. We actually interviewed Chris Hicks, who was the inventor of this tool, back in ooh, many years ago. Probably about a year and a half ago, probably two years ago. And he is from Platte Valley Medical Center. You may know Platte Valley Medical Center only because of one name, Tom Dick. He works there, an amazing man, and he hooked me up with this tool. I actually had a primary care physician sitting in our office today and said, oh my God, he goes, this is the best thing ever. He goes, why aren't we using this everywhere? And he was so excited about it and actually it gives a score to patients. And anyway, you want to listen to the podcast, go back, look for the Pete scale podcast, look it up and I'll put this in the, in the show notes as well. But it's a great tool for doing exactly what we're talking about, treating the whole patient. And I think that's, that's the most important thing. I don't know how airway got tra- changed into this probably because the nurse was here. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing. So, a couple things. So if you're Russell Stein, you can leave now because I'm wrapping up the show. If you're not Russell Stein and you actually want to hear something exciting that you could be a part of as a listener to the show, continue listening because it's really oh, good. I'm a, oh, I'm a listener. Can I continue to listen? You may continue to listen then, Russell. <laughs> would you, although you already are one, would you like to be the next EMS radio star and yeah you've probably seen these type of things before like the next food network star or project runway personally one of my favorite shows american idol come on who hasn't seen that show or one of the many plethora of other reality shows out there where you get to come on audition and we get to judge you and you get to be a part of the whole thing and then at the end we critique you and if we like you we're gonna keep you 
So here's the premise. You, and I'm going to put up all the, all the links in the show notes. If you want to know more, go to emsgarage.com. Look for next EMS radio star and just click on that document. All you have to do is this. Create a five, three to five minute audio or video something. Whatever you want to do. Something interesting. You want to be passionate about something. Talk about it. Show us your radio slash video expertise. And it doesn't have to be pretty. We're not looking for pretty. We're looking for originality. We're looking for people that can talk better than I, obviously. People that have a voice and really want to want to be, you know, maybe you've wanted to write for gems or something, or maybe you've wanted to do something and talk, talk about your opinion of EMS or whatever. This is your chance. We're going to be starting the, so as you listen to this podcast, it's going up. This will be, I think Sunday or Monday of this week. It will go up. You'll have 30 days ish to get your, uh, sorry, get your auditions into us. You can send those to the email in the document, and we will go over them. The top 10, hopefully we get 12, the top 10 will be then judged and listened to on a very special episode of EMS Garage. Several people will be judging them, and uh, I think one of the judges is Mr. Kelly Grayson. Then we're going to have one of the contestants on every week for hopefully up to 10 weeks. At the, on the last show, we're going to bring all the contestants back, have them talk, and we're going to banter back and forth. And then the following week, we're going to vote on who we liked best, and you're going to help us vote. So this is really awesome. A lot of information. EMSgarage.com. Look for next EMS radio star. Here's the kicker, though. And you're probably like, well, why would I want to do that? So I just get to come on a stupid podcast? No. We're doing more. And it's awesome. So at the conclusion of this awesome contest, Hey, you get to come on the garage a couple times and have some fun. And if we like you, yeah, we'll keep, we'll continue to invite you. That's always a given, but at the end of the deal, we're going to give you your own show on the EMS radio network here. And also it will be a part of the ProMed network. And you, if we ever get any ever, and here's the weird part that we got to work through the attorneys with. So that's going to take a couple more days. But if there's ever any ad revenue, which I don't get any of yet, um, if there's any ad revenue, we're going to split it 50, 50, half of it's yours, half of it's mine. Well, half of it's the company's and we will, that's it. So create a show. You can name it. And that's really what we want in the, you know, in the audition too, is you come up with the name of the show, the premise of what you want to talk about. You could be a nurse. You could be a paramedic. You can be an EMT, a respiratory therapist, physical or um, physical therapist, a PA, a CNA, a family nurse practitioner, a physician. I don't care who you are, what you do. As long as you're working in medicine and you want to be on our network, you come on and audition, be a part of the show. And heck, if you, if you're in a different part of medicine that week, we're going to talk uh, that week. You come on the garage. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about. I'm, you know me, I want to talk about nothing. So that's always fun. Inevitably we'll talk about education and EMS, which always comes up. So long winded story, emsgarage.com next EMS radio star. I'm excited. I hope you guys are too, because this is going to be fun. I, I, I don't know why I came up with the idea. It was, um, kind of a fluke. I said, you know, we really could make somebody really awesome. And, and again, if you've ever thought about writing or being a part of what we do, come on audition. I guarantee it's not, it's not scary. We, 
promise not to make too much fun of you and we will definitely have a good time and, and do it in the process. You can even make fun of me when you come on next EMS radio network or next EMS radio star. I can't say network because that would infringe on food networks, right? So next EMS radio star, come on and be a part of the show. Now, how, what do you guys think? Is this awesome? Come on, seriously, get a break in. This is awesome. Yeah, baby. I, I wish, I wish I had five minutes to turn around and do a submission. Unfortunately, you're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're exempt. I think. Yeah, if you've been on the show before. However, you could help me judge. So that would be fun. You can do that. If I'm 16 and pregnant, it does that make me eligible? <laughs> you, you get your own show. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, That's David. Any any time you want to show on my network, I'll give it to you. You just tell me what you want to do. All right, so and anytime you want a blog, you let me know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not writing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, what's funny is I, I posted on, I, I tweeted a couple weeks ago. I said, should I start my blog up again? And everybody's like, yeah, you should do it again, blah, blah, blah. And I just looked at it and went, eh. Yeah. Next I year. That's why, I thought that's why we were having this, uh, this contest, so you could quietly retire to blogging. Uh, no. I, 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 anybody that knows right. me knows I... I it it take it i do i write every day for my job i don't enjoy it when i come home i am in and and knows this very well i'm in front of a computer a lot and so sitting down to write something that is personal or something or whatever the funniest thing those are fun things for me and i enjoy doing it but to do it with consistency is not easy for me because i really do write a lot of work and it's so just coming home and doing that I, I find no joy i'd much rather sit here and banter back and forth with my witty banter so well, yeah, you, you know, want this to is retire like... you want to retire and be a karaoke star oh <gasps> yeah <laughs> i love shack oh, baby God. Well, you know, this is a cool idea because people that listen to this podcast tend to hear the same people and they think, oh, yeah, they're this little quick people that have been around for a while. Well, most of us have. But you're giving them the opportunity to get involved and get engaged. And they're probably sitting out there going, I could do that. God, I've got some great ideas. And you're opening that up to them. So that's good. Right on. Well, thank you guys very much. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to let you guys plug really quick because we're running out of time. And I'm really pissed about Max's Bar in, in Baltimore. If you can hear me, we're not. I'm never going there again except to drink. So Because apparently now I can't go there to throw darts. Sam, where can people find out? We're next door neighbors. Eh, that sucks. I'll have to figure out why you can't go through those, but that's another story. Well, we'll talk about work that on that aim, huh? Perhaps because they <laughs> apparently they tore out the back of the bar. Anyway, uh, <laughs> another story. Were you using episode. a laryngoscope while you were playing darts? <laughs> no, I, I, I was. Hell no, the nurse was involved. I was using a speculum. Ah, I was using a speculum. Yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I, I lost because the nurse was involved. I'll have you know. See the ball, Danny. Be the ball. Blame it on Just her. Teasing. No, 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 Just teasing. I love to no, tease no, her because no, no, no. she needs it. All right, uh, Sam, where can people find out more information about you? Well, I hang around Twitter, Sam Bradley 11, and most of the rest of me hangs around FRN TV in some fashion. So, <clears throat> firstrespondersnetwork.tv. And, and I'll have my blog up again soon. I actually am going to do that. So, I'll let you know. Nice. And Russell, just so people can actually hear you before they sign off and, and hang up the, the thing, where, where can people find you? Um, I am Hybrid Medic on Twitter. Uh, HybridMedic.com is the blog where I write. And uh, also Facebook.com slash HybridMedic. All right. On. What about Fire Science blog? 
gosh, you people get me on that every time. Uh, Fire Science, the Fire Science blog dot blogspot dot com is my other uh, fire service related venture. So who's 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 Fire Science blog then? I mean, if that you're would, the, are you like the original Rays or original Rays? I mean, which is well, I don't know. There 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 are no other blogs entitled Fire Science blog. So I am the. It's like the Ohio State. Okay. So there, there is no other Ohio State. I am it. Right on. Uh, Mr. Tim Noonan, where can people find you? Just roguematic.com. And occasionally, paramedicine101.com. And if it ever gets started again, researchems.com for the EMS research. Podcast. Come on, baby. Get back. I love that show. You got to bring that back. It's got to come back. It's good. Also, uh, Mr. Random Ward. We've already plugged you, but you can plug it again. Oh, man, any opportunity to plug. Um, you can find me at Twitter or as uh, WM Random Ward. As I said before, it is random, just like the word. And, yes, I've heard all the jokes, so don't bother posting them. Uh, additionally, you can find me at www.randommedic.com. That's hosted underneath the First Responders Network blog network. Um, seems to be where I'm spending most of my time lately with, uh, with Sam. Cool. That's awesome. Woo, we love him over there too. Mr. David Con- Mr. David Koenig, where can people find you? Uh, it's never never about me. Um emsblogs.com is uh the network. We got a lot of great bloggers including uh, Russell and Tim. And uh tonight I'll, I'll uh, uh turn around and plug uh Florian Spock from the Flobach Republic, flobach.com. F L O B A C H dot com. He's from uh, Australia. He's got some uh, really good stuff going on. And uh, so, yeah, be sure to uh, go check out his Republic over on uh, emusblogs.com. Cool. And Anne, because you're finally on Twitter and Facebook and a whole bunch of the things, I, I wanted to give you the most time. Yeah, I don't need the most time. You guys are amazing. And thank you for opening up what you do to me and nursing and the healthcare system. So I am caring. Anne is my name and you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to request me to be your friend on Facebook, please let me know. You heard me on the garage or a, a podcast and then we can hook up and go from there. But, um, why? Cause you have so most, many stalkers. Is that why? Yes. And most importantly, <laughs> I cannot wait to see all of you at EMS World Expo 2011 in Las Vegas. So we will be there. I can't wait to see you. We have a whole podcast studio, of course, and we are lining up all these amazing podcasts. And then we have a social media lounge. So it's new for us this year, but... Can't wait to see you um, hook up and let's put a name with the face and we're going to have tons of tweet ups. So look for it and let's go from there. And again, thank you for engaging the nursing audience into this EMS world. But um, there is so much more we can do. I can't wait. Hey, and do you know who's sponsoring the social media lounge? I want to give them some love. That would be Physio Control. Physio Control, sponsoring the Social Media Lounge. And when I say sponsor, they're going all out. You, you ever been in the show and you can't find a place to plug in your laptop or your phone and it's just really annoying? Well, we're going to have 
like a billion and a half outlets for you to sit and you'll have a place to sit down on the show floor, come in, bring your laptop, blog about what you've seen, put up pictures. And we have the most amazing internet connection from the show floor and you'll get the free Wi-Fi. sit there. All you have to do is give us a little tweet up love when you're on the show floor saying that you are sitting in the social media lounge, blah, blah, blah. We'll come up with the actual Twitter tags when we're there, but we're so excited to have physio as a sponsor and they're a great partner in this effort and we're so excited about it i'm chris montero geeky medic you can find us in two weeks three weeks sorry las vegas nevada at ems world expo 2011 i'm so excited to be there it's gonna be a party i actually just talked to somebody recently and they said um yeah i'm only be in vegas for three days my goal is to not see my room for three days and i and so being the person i am i i i went really and he goes yes I plan to stay awake for three days straight. I said, dude, you're crazy. So I don't know. And he's older than my, than I am. So I don't know how he's going to do it. Um, so anyway, so if you're going to be crazy like us, let us know, um, send us a note on Facebook, Twitter, EMS garage at gmail.com at EMS garage on Twitter. And you can always find us on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash EMS garage. Have a good night, weekend, whatever you're doing shift. And we'll join us next time when we talk more about issues that concern you in EMS. Thank you.